felt like running up on the end of that second song, Ricky, and just doing an invitation right there. I think we'd have had rededications, baptism. I think we'd had it all right there, right? It's just great to come in the presence of the Lord, and I thank you to our worship team for allowing us to sing to him regularly. Thank you all for what you do. And something exciting about this particular group of people that was leading worship today, I, I saw, uh, I've talked with somebody that said, I don't recognize the guys in the back playing the guitar. What's going on there? Well, there's this thing we do here called a new member class. And this, right at the end of the service, three of the people leading today, you will get to know them by name. And I'm really excited about that. So um, God is, is and, and one of our points today has to do with that exact thing. And so I'll come back to that in just a minute. God is doing some really neat things here. And not only are all people welcome here, but we want to plug them in. Uh, certainly all followers of Jesus that that feel like this is the place they need to connect, and we want them to be welcome and loved and appreciated and also put to work for the kingdom. Amen? And so that's some of the things that we're going to be talking about today. We are studying the Bible. Somebody say the Bible. That's right. We are studying the Bible, believe it or not, at church, right? But we're, you, many of you know this, we're walking chronologically through the Bible this year, and so that, that word chronological means timely. It means a point of reference of time, like chronos, uh, the, the Greek word where it came from. And that means that what we're doing is there are Bibles put together, and many of you have them, that, that go from the first thing God did in the Scripture all the way through the book of Revelation at the end. And it's not, some people think that this Bible right here is chronological that I have. It's not, um, big surprise, so what you have to do is you have to take things in the big story of God and line them up how they happen. And so that's what we're studying this year. And who's still tracking? Let me see you. Today's February the 5th. Anybody still caught up? Good. That's great. Uh, I, it's very exciting to do that because what it means is we have these conversations about God's Word together um, during the week and those things. And so today we're going to go to the um, passage from February the 1st, I believe, and it's Exodus chapter 35. Um, Brandon read part of that early on. And this is one of my favorite texts in the Bible. Did you hear me? This is one of my favorite texts in the Bible because I have always, for whatever reason, tried to implement a we lifestyle, okay? Even when I'm writing, and I know that when I'm writing, I'm supposed to write I and you. I know that, right? But I have this tendency when I'm writing to write we and us. Because that's what I want to do in life. That's how I think God wants us to walk together in this thing. We are not meant to be singing solo in this life. We are not meant to just go at it alone and the problem in our culture, listen to me, Satan knows this, and he is cunning and shrewd, and so he is hitting our culture with everything that will create you to be a solo project. Watch this. You have your car, you go to work, your garage opens or your carport, you go run in, you run out, you, you leave and you come back in the garage that evening, that afternoon, and, and you shut the door and you, or you, you see what I'm saying? You go to your thing and do your thing. You don't really talk to neighbors anymore. We're not really getting in that thing. Then you go and you sit on your 
television that evening, how you've programmed it to fit your world with your new apps, right? And all your stuff. And it's just about you. You know what? Your, your, your spouse or kids can be in another room and you can watch your thing or you can sit in the same room and you can pull out your, not that anybody in here would do this stuff. I know, I know that this wouldn't happen here. Uh, because y'all are playing games every evening, just having meals together. I know, I know. But some people do this. They pull their iPads out and they're watching a movie while somebody else is watching TV. And, and you've, you've really programmed it where it's just about you and you've gone through this solo life. Listen to me. That is not what God intends. And today is, is really kind of, this scripture is kind of one of my dreams. And I'll, I'll tell you about one of my dreams at the end of the service uh, at the end of my sermon. But what, what God is doing here is taking us and we on a mission. Okay? If you haven't seen that by now, let me just kind of recap what's going on here. So Moses has led the Israelites out of captivity to a point of building the tabernacle. To the point of building this place that God has set aside to worship. Um, later, like even today, you see who he's called the Levites out to to be the ministers and the priests, and even, like, I'm kind of glad these days we don't dress in the same garb that God set it up, you know, because if you read, it's something, you know. It's, it's pretty impressive, really. I'd love to see somebody's rendition on all that, what it would look like artistically to see all that. But um, it's a little different today, of course, in, in our context and in our culture, and so, uh, and, and even in the New Testament, how Jesus came to fulfill the law and so we're in that, you know, he didn't come to destroy things. He came to fulfill it. And that's really important. Um, so what we're learning today is that God wants, you ready? Oh, this is so good. God wants to use us to build the tabernacle. What that means for us in our context, in our culture today, please listen to me. God wants to use you to complete his mission. God wants to use your gifts, your talents, your abilities, your money. Did you hear? Let me get this side. Your money. Okay. Because we, we, he wants to use everything we have to glorify himself. And as we glorify God, Jesus Christ the Son, Holy Spirit, what we're doing is we're on mission with him to make disciples that make disciples. He wants to use everything we have to do that. And so you're going to hear me say some things today, and you might scratch your head a bit, but I'm going to just try to unpack them as simply as possible. And it's really a simple text. It really is, but it's a neat story. So let's start reading. Exodus 35, verse 4. Then Moses said to the whole community of Israel, this is what the Lord has commanded. Take a sacred offering for the Lord. Let those with generous hearts present the following gifts to the Lord. Gold, silver, and bronze. So before you tell me this text isn't about finances, I will tell you it is about everything that includes finances. Gold, silver, and bronze. Purple, blue, and scarlet thread. Fine linen and goat hair for cloth. Tanned, from, tanned ram skins and fine goat skin leather, acacia wood, olive oil for the lamps, spices for the anointing oil and the fragrant incense, onyx stones and other gemstones to be set in ephod and 
priest Chespis, come, all of you who are gifted craftsmen, construct everything the Lord has commanded. The tabernacle and its sacred tent, its covering, clasp, frames, crossbars, posts, and bases. The ark and its carrying poles, the ark's cover, the place of atonement, the inner curtain to shield the ark, the table, its carrying uh, poles, and all the utensils, the bread and the pre- of the presence for light, the lampstand, its accessories, the lamp cups, the olive oil for lighting, the incense, the incense altar and its carrying poles, the anointing oil and fragrance incense, the curtain for the entrance of the tabernacle, the altar of burnt offering, the bronze grating of the altar and the carrying poles and utensils, the wash basins and its stand. I'm going to stop right here real quick because most of you could be going, man, this is so tedious. This is losing me. This is whatever. Listen to me. Your God cares about the details in your life. Verse 17. The curtains for the walls of the courtyard, the post and their bases, the curtain for the entrance to the courtyard, the tent pegs of the tabernacle and courtyard and their ropes, the beautifully stitched garments for the priest to wear while ministering in the holy place, the sacred garments for Aaron, the priest, and the garments for his sons to wear as they minister as priests. So the whole community of Israel left Moses and returned to their tents. All whose hearts were stirred and those spirits were moved came and brought their sacred offerings to the Lord. They brought all the materials needed for the tabernacle before the performance of its rituals and for the sacred garments. Both men and women came, all whose hearts were willing. They brought to the Lord their offerings of gold, brooches, earrings, rings from their fingers, and necklaces. They presented gold objects of every kind as a special offering to the Lord. All those who owned the following items willingly brought them. Blue, purple, and scarlet thread, fine linen and goat hair for the cloth, and tanned ram skins and the fine goat skin leather. And all who had silver and bronze object gave them as a sacred offering to the Lord. And those who had acacia wood brought it for use in the project. All the women who were skilled in sewing and spinning prepared blue and purple and scarlet thread and fine cloth, fine linen cloth. All the women who were willing used their skills to spin the goat hair into yarn. The leaders brought onyx stones and the special gemstones to be set in ephod and priest chest piece. They also brought spices and olive oil for the light, the anointing oil, the fragrance incense. So the people of Israel, every man and woman who was eager to help in the work of the Lord, had given them through Moses brought their gifts, and gave them freely to the Lord. Then Moses told the people of Israel, The Lord has specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. The Lord filled Bezalel with a spirit of God, giving him great wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He is a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He is a master of every craft. And the Lord has given both him and Oliab, son of Isaacmach, of the tribe of Dan, the ability to teach their skills to others. The Lord has given them special skills as engravers, designers, embroiders in blue, purple, and scarlet thread of fine linen cloth and weavers. They excel as craftsmen and designers. The Lord has gifted Bezalel, Oliab, and the other skilled craftsmen in wisdom and ability to perform any task involved in building the sanctuary. Let them construct and furnish the tabernacle just as the Lord commanded. So Moses summoned Bezalel and Oliab and all the others who were specifically gifted by the Lord 
and were eager to get to work. Moses gave them the materials donated by all the people of Israel as a, sacrifice, as a sacrificial offering for the completion of the sanctuary, the worship center, the tabernacle. But the people continued to bring additional gifts each morning. Finally, the craftsmen who were working on the sanctuary left their work. They went to Moses and reported, The people have given more than enough materials to complete the job the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave the command, and this message was sent throughout the camp. Men and women, don't prepare any more gifts for the sanctuary, for the worship center, for the building. We have enough. So the people stopped bringing their sacred offerings. Their contributions were more than enough to complete the whole project. Let's pray together. O oh, Heavenly Father, O oh, Light of the World, you do care about the details. You care about the details in the very first tabernacle that was ever built, and you care about the details in our hearts and lives as we are the tabernacle, as we are the, the place of worship and, and that we get to take it into the world because we know that Jesus Christ resides through us in the Holy Spirit. You tell us that we are literally the temple of God. Let us not forget the stewardship principles that you are placing in front of us right here as you have given us this facility as a missional outpost and a worship center for this people you call Crossroads. Teach us today in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody take a breath, okay? That was some reading. What an incredible story, though. What an incredible story of faithfulness, excitement, and joy. The first thing you need to know is this. The Lord commands a sacred offering. The Lord commands you and I to be a part of his work. And what we do is we give our tithes and we give our offerings. Look at the scripture right here. It's the same one Brandon read earlier. Then it's in 35, 4 and 5, very beginning. Then Moses said to the whole community of Israel, this is what the Lord has commanded. Take a sacred offering for the Lord. Let those with generous hearts present the following gifts to the Lord. This is very important. In this room. Some of you might say literally, fine, I don't have a generous heart. It's mine. So we can stop right there and you're done with the sermon, right? Wrong. Because I know that you want to be obedient to God. Not only do you want to be obedient to God, you, in your heart and your life, you want to please your heavenly Father. You want to be a fragrant aroma to him. You want to give him joy. And do you know right here in 2 Corinthians 9, 6, and 7, it says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must decide in your heart how much to give kind of echoing the same thing God says earlier. Then it says this, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, 
For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. God loves a generous and cheerful giver. Now, clearly the Bible teaches some things, precepts, foundations, if you will. You're building a house. You want to build it on concrete. That concrete foundation here is twofold. It's really simple, tithes and offerings. Tithes are you being a part of the storehouse, and it's, it's that 10%. It's that you make $100 a bill, $100 bill that week, then $10 goes into the offering plate. I'm just making it as simple and as cultural and as contextual as I can, okay? We could have a long conversation, even maybe a debate over a cup of coffee that lasts hours on this issue. But scripturally, it is plain and simple. The storehouse mentality goes into the New Testament of, of oikos and family and taking care of one another. I love, I love people that claim to be a New Testament Christian and, and that Jesus doesn't really talk much about the offerings. By the way, Jesus does say that. He says, um, keep doing what you're supposed to do. He does, and I'll, I'll, we'll point that out later. But here's in, a, in another day. But here's what Jesus said about offerings. He said that the woman was blessed because she gave all she had. So don't fight with me about 10% because I'll say that's fine. Just give everything, right? Because Jesus said that's how she's blessed. What he's saying is this, y'all. Take a breath and look. He's looking into our hearts. He's looking into our minds, our motives, our concepts, what's important to us, our priorities. And he's saying she's blessed because she gave all she had. So you might ask the question on the top of your page right there, is everything I own actually God's? Is it all his? Because I'm telling you right now, if you live like this, you're only gonna get so far. Because this is all in your work. This is all in your will. In Ephesians 3.20 God says that he can do more than we can ask or imagine. And so that means he takes out and puts in as he desires. And you know what? He can blow you away with blessings that you never saw coming. He can blow your mind with things that don't even matter. But they're God winks. And they come at the right time just to lift your spirit. And then he can also look at you in your faithful obedience and go, well done, my good and faithful servant. There's so many things tied to this. First of all, I want you to hear me say this. I'm not a legalist. Okay? I don't, for the record, I do not look at your, your offerings and your tithes. I do not know what your records are. We have a few people that are on the counting team that sign privacy agreements and they do their thing and they, they, they do what they do. I do not do that. I'm not one of those people. Sometimes I wish I was. But I'm not. But I can tell you this, and I'm just being honest and, and real, and the problem with a service in a growing church like this is where we have guests, and guests, I want you to know that God has done so much in our church in faithful obedience to giving over the last 10 years. It's just been amazing. But two years ago, we hit an all-time high in giving in this church, and what I'm talking about is our regular tithes and regular obedience there. All-time high. We were in, in the black and wondering, what do we do with some extra money? And then last year, we were in an all-time low because there's a scared recession going on and people started clamming down and we started being this and whatever. 
or he started not tithing or whatever. I don't know. But I know that we have to look in our heart and be obedient to what God is telling us. So just simply put like this, the, general give, the, the generous giving, the cheerful heart begins with the tithe and then above that is anything that God puts on your heart to be part of an offering. We have lots of opportunities here. We have a new day, which is the building and the, all the work that we're enjoying right now, whether it's the, the new offices or the new, um, all the hallways with the life groups and Wednesday night studies that are all full and it's so exciting to see and be a part of that. The children's wing and all the renovations that we've done around our church, even our worship center. And we can get involved in that. And I highly encourage you as an offering to give, to be a part of that. There are things in our world around us that you're standing in line at a restaurant and you feel the Holy Spirit on you saying, get that person's meal. Anybody ever been there? Get it. Pay for it. Take care of them. Encourage them. Be obedient to what God is prompting in your heart. I'm going to say it just like this. You ready? It's just money. You know? And I believe when we live like this, God gives and takes. He does what he wants. He does what he needs. And I want to encourage you in that. We must have a cheerful heart when giving. God has created us to live a lifestyle that's generous. That's why he's created us in community. The Bible says even in Acts chapter 2, 42 through 47, that they took care of one, uh, one another's needs as they had those needs arise. And so when you have needs in your family, I'm able to come in and help with those needs. We've been able to do that when the generosity level's high. There's no much more of a fun phone call that I get to make and call somebody because they wanted to remain anonymous and say, hey, Somebody's giving you guys a blessing and just wants you to know, we know you're going through a hard time or whatever, and here's this, and it just, it's such a joy. It's such an incredible thing. This sacred offering of these purple cloths of the finest things around your home, and they literally are bringing this so that they can create the temple. Look at what it says here in verse 3510. It goes to the next level. Come, all of you who are gifted craftsmen, construct everything the Lord has commanded. And then it goes on in 3519, the beautifully stitched garments. The Lord desires your talents and skills. Do you have talents and skills? I just want to see this, just curious. If anybody has a saw and a hammer and nail at your house. Let me see. Just raise your hand. Does anybody play with that stuff? Okay. I know some of you do. How about, how about a paintbrush or a, or a palette knife or a whatever? Anybody? Let me see those hands. Come on, artist. All right. How about this? This is one of my favorite ones. I'm, not, I'm okay. I'm getting there. How about if you'd like to, to, to fix a meal and prepare some food for someone? Let me see your, your hands there. Okay. Listen. We all, this is, this is a hard lesson for the church because you, some of you don't believe it. We all are creative. Some of you would say, no, I'm not. And I'll say, yes, you are because of what Genesis 127 says. It says that you are created in the image of God. Now you tell yourself that you're not created then. I'm gonna let you have that conversation with the Lord, right? If you're created in his image, you are creative, okay? 
Y'all look, I served up in North Alabama and there's this thing called NASA. Have y'all heard of that? And I had, <laughs> this is crazy. I had engineers that were in my life group, leader, leadership stuff, and I would, I would train them. And I said this to them one day and, and one of the guys that works for NASA and he's awesome. And I said, you're creative. He said, I, I just, I'm not at all. I am not at all. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm just not. I'm admit. And we started, I started asking some questions. I'm like, have you ever seen Apollo 13? He said, yeah. I said, so you guys regularly take stuff that's all out on this table in a thing that's a square and you make it a circle. And you do that all the time, right? Yeah, we just call it problem solving. And you don't think that's creative? Brother, here's the thing. Sometimes we don't see ourselves, you ready, as artistic. And we call that creative. That's okay. You've got your creative style. You've got your thing. God wants to use your thing for the kingdom of God. God wants to use your gifts, your talents, and abilities. Not only that, but the, he, but the things you love to do. I have a friend. Actually, he's one of the guys I discipled. It's kind of weird saying he's my disciple, you know, but really. His name's Ben. He's a counselor. He's, he's just an incredible young man. <coughs> and he loves to hunt. And he loves children and children counseling and those sorts of things. So he started a ministry in Alabama called Rain Down where he takes children on hunting trips. What an incredible idea. What an incredible gift to the world, to these children. And some would say, I'm not creative, I just like to hunt. I'm not creative, I just have a job with kids. Don't tell Ben that. Rain Down is doing great, and they're only growing stronger. The thing is this, you have that inside you. Not because you're so great, because he's so great. He put that inside you. So I want to encourage you, do what you do well. Do what you love. Take your gifts, talents, abilities, and use them for the kingdom. Have you ever done something, built something, painted something, gifted someone with it, and it just blew them away? You did this for me. Like, this is really a gift. Oh, let me pay you for it. Oh, let me. No, no, no. It's just, and you touch their heart and life. I want you to think through those things. Ask yourself what those are. And maybe those are some of the things you can do for kingdom work. Because you have encouraged other people through that. Through that in your life. And it's something that God wants to use for kingdom work. I told you earlier, and this is where preachers get in trouble, like somebody's going to leave here and they're going to say, all you talk about is money. Don't do it. I'm going to come get you if you do it. Okay? Because at the very beginning, I said this is a hard issue, didn't I? Okay? I'm going to go back to that. Look at verse 35, 21 and 22. All whose, what? Hearts were stirred and whose spirits were moved, came and brought their sacred offerings to the Lord. They brought all the materials needed for the tabernacle, for the performance of its rituals and for the sacred garments. Both men and women came, all whose hearts were willing. They brought to the Lord their offerings of gold, brooches, earrings, rings from their fingers and necklaces, 
They presented gold objects of every kind as a special offering to the Lord. Verse 29, So the people of Israel, every man and woman who was eager to help in the work of the Lord, had given them through Moses, brought their gifts, and gave them freely to the Lord. Those with a heart, with a heart for God, gave. Listen, y'all. Remember when I just said that I wish sometime I'd just go ring on your doorbell saying, hey, what's up with you? What do you do? That's not my job. God knows the heart. Why do you think in Malachi, honestly, when God says to the people, he says literally, you're robbing me? Because he knows. Because he knows. What does he do in that same text? This is how great our God is. He says to the people who are robbing him of tithes and offerings, he says these words. You ready? Try me in this. Test me in this. You begin to become a generous giver. You give with your whole heart. You give because you're happy. And I will blow the storehouse doors off. There will be so much. And hear me now. This is important. I say this a lot. This is not prosperity gospel. You are not winning your salvation by how much you give. That is not how that works. You are not getting better perks because you give more. You are not getting, you know, in heaven, the OLED, you know, 85-inch curved TV, whatever. You're not getting that in heaven because you give more down here, right? I don't know how that works either. You might. I don't know. Not because you give more, but just because God gives everybody those or something. I don't know. You see what I'm saying? We've got to give with a generous, cheerful, happy heart. Because, first of all, we have the opportunity. Second of all, it pleases the Lord. I'm just, and, and just talking friend to friend, I don't want to be there, you know, in our, in our images where we're having that discussion with Jesus. I don't want to be there and go, well, you know, I really, I really wasn't feeling it that day. Or, you know, I was... I was saving up for this other thing and I just, you know. If God is prompting your heart, be obedient and joyful in that. Those with a heart gave to God. Mike Iaconelli. I'm just curious if anybody knows who that is. Mike Iaconelli, anybody? One, that'd be my wife, yeah. A couple of y'all. Mike Iaconelli was the founder of Youth Specialties, which is a humongous youth ministry organization. Uh, I think he started it in the 60s and 70s, and uh, he passed away um, in, a, in a terrible automobile accident. Um, but he said this. Listen carefully. Think about work. Think about your neighborhood. Think about your life. Listen to this. The greatest enemy of Christianity... Maybe people who say they believe in Jesus, but who are no longer astonished and amazed. Are you wowed by the things that God does in your life? Or do you just take it for granted? Do you just blow off these things? Or has your heart gotten so cold that 
it doesn't even matter anymore? Or are you like a child that's eager to serve, eager to please, eager to win their parents' affection and love? God looks right into our heart, y'all. We need to be astonished and amazed. We need to care the joy of that moment that God blesses. Then the wild thing that happens at the end of this little part of the story is something that I've never seen completely happen in a church. But the people continued to bring additional gifts each morning. Finally, the craftsmen who were working in the sanctuary left their work. They went to Moses and reported, the people have given more than enough materials to complete the job the Lord has commanded us to do. So Moses gave the command and the message was sent throughout the camp. Men and women don't prepare any more gifts for the sanctuary. We have enough. So the people stopped bringing the sacred offerings. Their contributions were more than enough to complete the whole project. They had enough. They had enough. And many of you know our new day, we have one point something million dollars that we're, we're getting into this capital campaign. We have not received all the pledges to pay for that by far. We have not tapped our potential in all the things that God has done in us. We have a church budget and we're not reaching that budget even in the first month of the year. There are things that, even if you're a guest here, that God is putting on your heart and life, and you're kind of waffling between being a, a generous and cheerful giver and just holding on to your stuff. I want to tell you this. I've been around only 52 and a half years. Almost 53. But what I can tell you is this. God loves his children. And I'm just telling you, when you're generous and when you're cheerful, I've seen God bless in many, many ways. So I'm not financial. I've known some very generous people that are struggling month to month, but they give with everything they have. And I know some people that giving to them doesn't look just like money, but it's certainly a heart issue. And I want to encourage you today that you become cheerful that you give with your whole life and that you see everything in your life as his and that one day, one day, we could look and say, that's enough. One of my dreams, I told you earlier, I would tell you my dream for Crossroads Community Church. You've heard this from my mouth before, but it goes like this. I wrote it down so I could be concise. All of our members attend, tithe, you ready? and smile on the same Sunday. No complaining or negativity at all. And I believe that if that happened, we would see Ephesians 3.20 fleshed out. We would see an astronomical dollar amount. We would see this, this ideology of faith and love and support some people would call it utopia, and I would say, no, it's not utopia. It's already happened. Just look in Exodus. But it's when we can say, hey, folks, give to something else. We've got enough.
Bow your heads with me. Father God, as we come into this part of responding to you, Lord, I pray that whatever it is in our life that needs to be fixed, that needs to be tweaked, that you would allow us to tweak it or fix it. Whatever it is in our mindset, in our heart's perspective, that needs to align with you more, that you would do that today. We want to be a fragrant aroma to you, O Lord. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.